welcome to the Sage Advice Podcast, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. I'm Ed Kless, and today's episode is cut from another podcast of which I am the co-host, The Soul of Enterprise, which is also sponsored by Sage. The Soul of Enterprise is dedicated to belief that business has a spiritual, though not necessarily religious, component. I hope you enjoy this excerpt. If you do, please visit www.thesoulofenterprise.com for more. Very much actually like the Patriot Act back in 2001 where they took all these bills that were sitting on the shelf that were judged not to be worthwhile, and then they put them all into a piece of legislation. And just like today, you could argue that maybe given the circumstances, some of those provisions would have been worthwhile, but we also wound up giving the federal government lots of authority that I think without the crisis mentality, uh, we would have had second thoughts about. And likewise today, uh, the federal government and state governments are in effect uh, imposing an economic lockdown. You can argue that, therefore, they should compensate businesses and people that are being locked out of productive activity. Uh, you know, that's a legal argument. I'm an economist. Uh, I just know that we're running up a lot of debt. We're making government a lot bigger. Uh, some of it, I guess, is unavoidable. My number one concern, though, is I don't want a permanent expansion in the cost of government, and I fear very much that will be the long-run result of all this. It was just amazing. The first, uh, what was I think the first thing was $2.1 trillion, and then a few days later, it was another $2.3 trillion, and nobody batted an eyelash the, at, the, at the second $2.3 trillion, as if that it was, was just no big deal. There was conversation about the first $2.1, but then they had $2.3. It's like, oh, yeah, another trillion here. Well, part of it, I think, is panic. And, and I, I'm not blaming them even for panicking. That This is a, uh, a hopefully less than once in a lifetime pandemic. Uh, it is critical. It is important that we somehow deal with it. Uh, if everyone was just behaving as normal, I'm sure we would have much higher infection rates, uh, much higher death rates. And so something had to happen. And I guess the federal government coming in and, and in effect, acting as an income replacement. This isn't a traditional Keynesian stimulus. We know those don't work. This is more an, in, an emergency income replacement uh, vehicle. But again, they're using that to try to do all sorts of things that they uh, couldn't get away with in normal times. And one of the things that really worries me now is that the next bill that comes through, because I'm sure we'll have two or three more before this is over and done with, they're going to try to do a bailout of, uh, of some of the irresponsible blue states that have uh, promised all these lavish benefits to uh, government employee unions. And that would be a really reckless reward of fiscal irresponsibility. It would punish responsible states like Florida and Texas to reward irresponsible states like uh, California, New York, uh, Illinois, New Jersey. And, uh, and boy, that would really be a kick in the teeth, the taxpayers, both at the state and federal level. Interesting enough, and when I was I was preparing for this, you you refuted a uh, a, a claim by Dana Milback at Washington Post. He and he, I can't believe he said this with a straight face or wrote this with a straight face. But he said that our our response to the coronavirus was hampered because government was too small. Yeah, what was really remarkable wasn't that he made the claim. I mean, that's a sort of a standard. Uh, uh, arrow in the quiver for uh, folks on the left. What really shocked me was that to then justify that argument, 
he cited East Asian economies like Singapore and South Korea uh, and Taiwan. And if you look at the data, which isn't hard to find at all, it's on the IMF website, all sorts of places you can find the data, those jurisdictions all have much smaller burden of government than we do. It's just that because they have small governments, because in effect the entire energy of government is focused on a few core competencies, uh, they do a better job than we do. So we spend more money, but we spend it mostly on irrelevant things. And whatever little expertise there is in government is spread out so far and wide that when there's a genuine need to do something, our public health bureaucracies have gotten in the way instead of helping, like uh, has been the case in some of these other jurisdictions where government is smaller and more focused. And yet this, the states themselves, which are the, the, the quote, smaller governments here and, and more equivalent to things like Singapore and these other places, their, their fiscal burdens, as you said, run the gamut. And I'm quoting from your column today. You say, states with heavier fiscal burdens are accounting for ever higher levels of debt, especially unfunded liabilities, and perhaps we can come back to that, while also causing ever greater exodus of taxpayers to other states. In the long run, this is a recipe for a fiscal crisis since it's hard to give away lots of money as if there weren't enough taxpayers for that uh, uh, profligacy. And then with the help of the coronavirus, the long run may have already arrived. Can you unpack that? There's a lot there. Yeah, well, if you look at some of the uh, the research that's been done uh, across the gamut, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, more market-oriented people or more government-oriented people, everyone realizes that there are certain states who have massive problems with unfunded liabilities. We're talking anywhere from three to $6 trillion, depending on your assumptions of how uh, things like interest rates and future rates of return and things like that, that I'm sure you're familiar with. So we have this giant problem. It's really acute in uh, mostly blue states like Illinois and New Jersey, but also in, in a couple of uh, reddish states like Kentucky has a and, and Louisiana, they have very underfunded pension plans. These are giant, in effect, multi-thousand dollar per capita liabilities in these states. So think about it. You're a resident in New Jersey. You're already being taxed very harshly for a substandard package of services you're getting from state government. It's not like it's not like you're getting lavish, wonderful government services in New Jersey compared to say if you were in Virginia or Florida or North Carolina. Uh, and yet you know that you have this ticking time bomb that's gonna result in just astronomically huge tax increases in the future. So you're already getting taxed a lot now for a very bloated public sector. And you have this fiscal sword of Damocles hanging over your, over your neck uh, waiting to get you at some point in the future when politicians have to make good on all these ridiculous promises they've made to the government employee unions, which of course is just a standard corrupt deal where the politicians and the public employee union bosses sit in a room together and say, okay, we'll promise you X dollars in the future. You give us votes and campaign dollars now. They both win, but nobody's representing the interests of the taxpayers. And and so we have this this incredible problem in numerous states in our country uh, they seem to think that somehow there's always someone who can who can pay it off. Uh, but again, those taxpayers in New Jersey, in Illinois, in California, what are they doing? They're moving to states with better fiscal systems. Now, I think that's a good discipline. I want New Jersey politicians uh, to eventually feel the pinch from their irresponsible policies. I don't want taxpayers around the country to bail out irresponsible New Jersey politicians.
For more sage advice, visit and subscribe at sageadvicepodcast.com.